Why don't give him one more hallelujah in this place? If he's worthy of your best praise, lift up your voice and say hallelujah. Let's praise God. Let's thank God like normal people for the hope of heaven. Hallelujah. That builder is living on the inside of you. He feels you to take you there. Why don't you just shout right now? Don't wait till you get to the streets of gold. You've come into Mount Zion, city of the living God, heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, general assembly and church of the firstborn which are written in heaven. When they believe Jesus said, I'm going to give you a reason to shout. Hallelujah. Not that the devils are subject unto you through my name, but rejoice because your names are written in heaven. There's a book the devil can't get to. There's a book the devil cannot censor. Hallelujah. And the same finger, hallelujah, amen, that wrote on the tablets of stone is writing on our hearts and has wrote our names. Hallelujah. If you'll receive this before the foundation of the world. Known unto God are all his works. Nothing surprises God. He's not surprised we're praising. He might be surprised if you're not. After all that he's done for come on, somebody. But I don't think you could surprise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I was reading tonight, scripture, amen, just came to me in prayer. Hallelujah. How many, how many love it when the word of the Lord comes to you in prayer? Amen. In Luke chapter number 4, verse number 40, it said, when the sun was setting, means it was time for evening church. This just come to me. Hallelujah. Amen. They brought unto him all that were sick, that were diseased. Hallelujah. The Bible says he laid his hands on every one of them. He touched every one of them that were brought to him. Come on, somebody. All that had sickness and diverse diseases. Amen. Hallelujah. He brought, amen, they brought them to Jesus. The Bible said he laid his hands on them and healed them every one. Everybody that needed a healing got a healing, without exception. Come on. How many believe Jesus can touch everybody in the house? Come on. The sun's setting. We're running out of time. Sun's going down. It's time to have church. It's time to get the touch of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. And I want to see the healing virtue, amen, of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Can I just give you a testimony? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I was telling a, a new convert about praying, and I said there's a key to every prayer that you can, what you do pray, amen, it's just like the woman that said you can, you can call me a dog, but even the dogs eat. <laughs> she touched, and he said, for this, 
saying, your daughter's going to get healing. Hallelujah. Amen. And Abraham, he prayed. Amen. He prayed for Sodom and Gomorrah, and he had the key. He said, will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? That's, that's unlike God. Come on. And he touched something that God wanted to hear. He could have just went and destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, but he was looking for a man. And that one man made the difference of those four walking out and three coming out. And later, amen, even being in the lineage of Jesus Christ, amen, hallelujah. But, amen, we know the story of the centurion, man, that's, that had great faith, hallelujah. And, uh, amen, the Lord said, I will come and heal him, your, your servant. I'm going to come and heal your servant. And, uh, Amen. He said, no. He said, I'm a man under authority. We know the, the text, the narrative there. He says, I say go, and they go and come, and they come. I'm going to be familiar with that. Hallelujah. Amen. And Jesus said, what did he say, church? I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. Hallelujah. Amen. And Jesus, hallelujah, because of that man saying, hallelujah, that servant was healed. And I was needing a touch from the Lord of healing in my body just recently. Hallelujah. And I said, God, I'm your servant. And you're not going to let that centurion outdo you. I said, you're not going to let that man beseeching for that servant to outdo and there was a silence. But I got my healing. Those are written for us. Come on. If a man is interested in his servant, why don't you say, God, I'm your servant. I need a healing. Oh, somebody. It just comes. God. You're greater than that centurion. Matter of fact, you're the one that gave that centurion that great faith. Come on. If you need a healer in this place, why don't you say, God, I'm serving you, Lord. I belong to you. Hallelujah. He wants to heal. He wants to touch in this house. He wants to do great things for his people. Hallelujah. Amen. It, was, it really was a selfless prayer of that centurion. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, God knew he wasn't going to go to that man's house. He knew he was just going to speak the word. And that word was going to travel. He didn't have to say, Lord, now you need the address. You need the neighborhood. Come on, somebody. Do you serve a mighty God? Do you serve a God that knows where you live? Come on. Is there, come on. Does he know your voice? I believe he knows your voice. Hallelujah. And you servants of the Lord, hallelujah, and understand that God will take care of his people. There are keys to prayer, and I can't say I have every one of them. I don't. I just discovered that one, and it worked. It might not work the next time. I don't know. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. But I got my healing. 
And I know when I need a healing. God is a good God. By his stripes we are healed and by his blood our sins are washed. How many are thankful for the blood of Jesus? And he wants us to enjoy the benefits of them. But we've got to ask. How many believe you've got to ask? Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. We'll turn around to somebody close to you and say, I want to serve the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to serve the good master. I want to serve the good. How many want to serve the good master? Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Glad for all of the guests in the house of the Lord this evening. We welcome you. Bienvenido. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. In the casa de Dios. Amen. It's good to be in God's house. Hallelujah. Amen. It's been so good to have the Waldrops. Amen. Hallelujah. With us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to give him this pulpit here just for a second. Hallelujah. Amen. But, uh, amen. Did you see his pulpit? Man, it's thick. But, but I'm going to tell you something. There's a, there's a miracle that took place. I didn't call anybody. I called 1-800-GET-MY-PULPIT-THICK. That was prayer. I prayed. I said, God, I wonder if you would move on Brother Miguel that built this pulpit to come over here and answer that 1-800 prayer. I'm just telling you, it's good to live for God. And a text popped up on my phone almost immediately and said, I'm going over there early to fix the pulpit. Where is that piece of wood? I said, on my desk. Gave him my coat. I came in here. He was polishing the rest of it up. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm telling you, learn to pray. Pray about everything. Pray about big things. Pray about little. Get God involved. Hallelujah. Build a relationship. Let him build your faith. He still hears prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Brother Miguel. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God, because part of the scripture was cut off here. I charge thee, therefore, before God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead and his appearing and his kingdom. I said, we don't believe in taking away from the word of God, so we, we need that back there. Now, my wife said it, hallelujah. I was preaching for a man, hallelujah, and uh, I got excited just like him. As preachers, we get excited. We're, we're usually, we don't just stand here and sweat. We move around and do that. And uh, hallelujah. I hit a man's pulpit just right in the middle. And it broke. <laughs> and uh, my wife said, you reap what you sow. And I said, you got me there. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. But we love Brother Waldrop. I wasn't putting that on him. Hallelujah. I'd, praise God. We can fix God can fix anything. Hallelujah. And we love, amen, preachers with passion. We love man that loves souls. Hallelujah. Amen. I watch him reaching for God's people that he doesn't even know, but God reveals to them their need. Hallelujah. 
and I love to watch men that operate in the Holy Ghost as this man has. Hallelujah. And we're praying for him. We're praying for him. Hallelujah. Amen. To, to be a blessing to us. And how many want to be a blessing, amen, to the God and the kingdom of God? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Brother Waldrop wants you to come when I give you this pulpit. Hallelujah. Your wife can sing whether she wants to or not. And, uh, hallelujah. <laughs> just kidding. Praise God. We just, we have a good time around here. How many, how many glad you can go somewhere and it's safe for your family to be there? And you can have a, you can have the cleanest, purest experience of having fun there is, and that's having Holy Ghost Church. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord, everybody. You can be seated. Lord bless you. Anybody in love with Jesus tonight? Ever done. Magnify the king right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, anybody in love with Jesus tonight? Anybody love his word and his ways, his desire? Oh, come on, let's take some time here. The Holy Ghost wants to minister. Power of God wants to work in this place tonight. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, lift up your voice. Somebody talk to God about your love tonight. tonight from Luke chapter 9. Thank you, Pastor Charles, for the invitation, the hospitality. Amen. These are precious people we love. Charles is dearly. Amen. I want to help somebody tonight. Amen. God wants to help somebody tonight. If anybody is helped, it won't be this preacher that helps. Really, it'll be the Lord. I do want to be a vessel through which he can flow, voice through which he can speak. But uh, it's up to the Lord tonight for giving me the direction that he has given. It's up to you tonight to receive the word that he's about to send. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Amen. Nobody that ever really lived for God had regrets. There's people everywhere that used to live for God and they say, oh, that's not that big a deal. They didn't really do it. 
or if they at one time did really do it, they stopped really doing it. They fell out of love with Jesus. They stopped loving the Lord. It's a very simple statement, but uh, someone said one time, if you live for God easy, it's hard. But if you live for God hard, it's easy. If you give it everything you've got, His commandments are not grievous. He never asked too much, no matter what He asked. Amen. Living for God is easy when you really want to. Amen. Thank you for tonight for responding to God's presence. Luke 9, verse 57, came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. He said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go and bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. One translation said, Lord, let me go ask permission. Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. No man. Doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, how much talent you possess, how educated you are, how much money you have in the bank. No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back, that man is unfit for the kingdom. The kingdom of God is not for quitters. Second guessers, double-minded, wishy-washy, in and out, back and forth. Amen. But... God is all about somebody making up their mind. There's no looking back. Amen. The Amplified Bible says, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back to the things left behind is fit for the kingdom of God. The Living Bible reads, Anyone who lets himself be distracted from the work that I planned for him is not fit for the kingdom of God. No man looking back after taking a hold of the plow is fit for the kingdom of God. Amen. I've not come to correct anybody. This is not my purpose tonight, but I have come to encourage somebody. Amen. God nudged me in this direction before I walked off the platform this morning. By the time I was done, it was probably afternoon, but nonetheless, uh, before this service was over, as the service was being concluded earlier today, the Lord... Amen. Told me to preach tonight about making up your mind. Amen. Somebody in this place tonight, and I believe it's more than one somebody, you need to make up your mind. I've not come to preach that you're a sissy. I've not come to preach that your problems aren't real. 
Jesus told his disciples, in this world, you shall have tribulation. It's going to happen. You're going to have bad days. It meant there's bad things going to happen to good people. There's things that are going to happen that you don't deserve. But make up your mind to live for God. Uh, this is very plain and simple, but I believe this is the, the key for somebody here tonight. It meant you need to, to make a declaration tonight. No looking back. No looking back. Somebody shout, no looking back. Amen. Lift up your voice again and let's praise the Lord. Ask God to send his word to you in this place tonight. God, I need your grace tonight. Lord, I need your anointing to fall upon me like a mantle, Lord. I need your power to fall upon this congregation tonight. Lord, would you anoint me to speak your word? Anoint me to speak your word tonight. Anoint our ears to hear, oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Lord bless you. Thank you for standing and worshiping. You can be seated tonight. Paul writes to the Roman church in Romans 12 and 1 about our reasonable service. I'm going to say reasonable service. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It is not unreasonable for God to require holiness and separation and sincerity from his people amen now this is not my opinion this is god's word he said i'm beseeching you i'm begging you i'm imploring you brethren i'm doing this by god's mercies that you present your bodies unto god a living sacrifice that you live a holy life, uh, which is your reasonable uh, service. It makes good uh, sense. It's the right thing uh, to do. It's what God uh, wants to see. And if God wants it, uh, I want him uh, to have it. Amen. One version reads, when you think of what he's done for you, uh, is this too much to ask? Amen. Chew on that for a minute or two. When you think of what he's done for you, uh, is this too much uh, to ask? God uh, is never uh, unreasonable. He has a right as God uh, to ask uh, anything and require
anything he desires. It meant he is God. He's the creator. I'm the creation. It meant he's the potter. We're the clay. It's not up to the clay to determine or decide what they're going to be in the potter's hands. It meant, I said, it's not up to the clay to decide I'm going to be this, but I'll never be that. The potter said, let me put my hands on you. And I'm going to put pressure where pressure needs to be put. And I'm going to put my will, and I'm going to allow my desire and my vision for you to become manifest. Amen. I don't know if you're feeling the Holy Ghost that I'm feeling here right now, but somebody just needs to come to terms with the fact that God, man, is better at being in charge than I am. Amen. Unrighteousness cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Paul said, uh, what know ye not? Amen. You are not your own. Somebody shout, I'm not my own. Now, this is, this is anti-generational uh, 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 thinking. Because this generation and the generation before that and the generation before that, starting somewhere around about my father's generation or maybe the, my grandfather's generation, somebody made up their mind, uh, I'm going to be what I want to be. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to live the way I want to live. And I'm telling you, America has gone to hell in a handbasket. Our money still says in God we trust, but America doesn't trust God anymore. I'll do what I want to do. I'll say what I want to say. I'll live the way I want to live. Uh, I'll do to my body what I want to do to it. I'll do with my body what I want to do with it. I'll abuse my body. I'll have fun with my body. But the book says uh, you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, your attitude, your passion, your motivation, your ambition. Amen. Hell is squirming tonight because this is the spirit and attitude. Amen. That has held this generation captive. Amen. For years. You're your own person. It's Amen. I, I don't care uh, what the Congress passes. I mean, I care. But as far as truth is concerned, it doesn't really matter how the citizens uh, of Kansas voted. Ma'am, uh, it's not your body. Sis, uh, it's not your body. That's God's body. Amen. I'm not trying to win a popularity contest, but I'm trying to speak on God's behalf tonight. You need to glorify God in your body. Glorify God in your lifestyle. Glorify God in your attitude. 
Glorify God in where you go. Glorify God in what you do. Glorify God in your music. Glorify God in your entertainment. Glorify God. Glorify God in the music you listen to. Glorify God in the literature that you read. Hallelujah. Somebody shout in Jesus' name. You're bought with a price. You're not your own. Paul declared to those in Athens about the Lord that he's neither... Worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. See, he giveth to all life and breath and all things you have which you have because God let you have it. He said later in that same discourse, for in him we live and move and have our being. You can't even breathe a breath without God. I don't care if you're the fastest man. You can't take a step without God. In Him, we live. In Him, we move. In Him, we have our being. He giveth to all life and breath. And all things, I'm breathing because God gave me breath. I'm living because God gave me life. I've got what I have because God let me have it. The sooner, man, you submit your will to the Lord, the happier you'll be. The better off you'll be. Clap your hands to the Lord here right now. In Jesus' name. I've I've probably got two hours worth of notes here, but I'm going to try to preach about 25 minutes. There was a rich young ruler that came to Jesus Christ, uh, and he said, Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, Why are you calling me good? There's none good but one. That is God. He said, You know the commandments. You're a Jew. Uh, You're an Israelite. Uh, You know uh, the commandments. Don't commit adultery. Hello. Do not kill. Uh, Do not steal. Uh, Do not bear false witness. Stop lying. Uh, Honor your father and your mother. And he said, I've done all this uh, all of my life. Uh, I have kept this from my youth. Uh, And when Jesus heard these things, uh, he said to this young man, Yet lackest thou one thing. Go and sell all that you have and give it to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. But Jesus is not teaching against wealth. The problem was not uh, that this young man had riches. The problem was his riches had him. His servants you are uh, to whom you obey. Nothing wrong with having money, but there's a lot wrong with money having you. Nothing wrong with having a retirement plan, but there's a lot wrong with the retirement plan having you. Who's in charge? 
Amen. I said, who's in charge? What determines uh, your lifestyle, your activity? Nothing wrong with a vacation, but there's a lot wrong with a vacation having you. Nothing wrong with a wholesome hobby. But I'm telling you, anything can become sin if it gets in charge. Anything can become sin if it becomes your God. He said there's one problem with you, son. What you have means too much to you. And it will be impossible for you to be my disciple. He meant as long as you're ate up with dollar signs, as long as you're motivated by money. Others might can have money and be my disciple, but son, you can't do it. You're going to have to sell your stuff. You're going to have to liquidate your assets. You're going to have to simplify your lifestyle. You're going to have to sever, amen, that anchor, amen, that distraction. And you're going to have to do away with the stuff that's keeping you from fulfilling my will in your life. Matthew 16, Jesus said to his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? It meant if it was not possible to trade your soul for something, it wouldn't be in the book. If it wasn't possible to lose your soul, it wouldn't be in the book. It wouldn't be red letters in your Bible if it wasn't possible for you to gain the world but lose your soul. Come on, I want somebody to be real with yourself tonight. Where am I really standing? Where am I really standing with God tonight? It meant I'm continuing in Luke 14. It meant the King James Version uses the word hate. Jesus said, if any man come unto me and hate not his father. What he is saying is, it meant if you love God less, you don't love God enough. His father, his mother, his wife, his children, his brethren, his sisters, yea, his own life. You cannot be my disciple. Now, my flesh doesn't like that. My carnal nature says, who does God think he is? not who he thinks he is it's who he knows he is and he has a right to say uh, I require of you for me to be number one 
You love me more. Love your father, but love me more. Love your mama, but love me more. Certainly love your wife and your children, but love me more. Come on, love your brothers and your sisters. Amen. Come on, you can even love your own life. Amen. But love me more. If I'm not number one, how can you call me master? Oh, my God. How can you call me Lord if I'm not really Lord of all? I'm Lord of your relationships, Lord of your finances, Lord of your career, Lord of your attitude. I feel the Holy Ghost in my mouth tonight. Amen. John writes uh, in his first epistle, love uh, not uh, the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love uh, the world, the love of the Father is not uh, in him. You can't love the world uh, and love God too. No man can serve two masters. He'll either love the one and despise the other or hold to the one and reject the other. You can't have two masters. You're going to have one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Amen, you need to listen to what this man said this morning. Amen, 1 John 2, 17, the world passes away and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. I want, I want to help, I really want to help you tonight. Love affects location. Now just think about where you go and what you do. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You're going to go where your heart leads you. Man's heart deviseth his way. But the Lord directs his steps. God was good enough to put something on your heart tonight that says, let's go to church. Amen. Love affects location. Look at King Solomon. The Bible said in 1 Kings 11 that he loved many strange women. He loved ladies or women. The Bible doesn't call them ladies. He calls them women. Probably weren't ladies. Man, it's hard to be a lady and an idol worshiper. Of the nations concerning which the Lord said, Do not go into them. Don't hook up with them. 
don't enter into covenant with them. You shall not go into them, neither shall they come into you. For surely, this is why, they will turn your heart after their God. It's about a relationship with God. And if you fall in love with the wrong person, if you allow your soul and your passions to be engaged with the wrong thing, it's going to affect your love for God. And the Bible says Solomon clave unto these in love. Verse 4, it come to pass when he was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. This doesn't make sense to me. This is the son of David. This is King David's boy. This is the wisest Man that ever lived. This is the son of the the son of the psalmist. This is the boy of the one who danced before the Lord and said, "You haven't seen anything yet." This is the son of the one that said one thing about desire of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. This was the same man that early in his kingdom said, Lord, I don't even know what I'm doing. But if you'll give me wisdom, I don't know how to go out or to come in. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm in over my head. And God said, because you didn't ask for wealth and riches and fame and fortune, amen, not only will I give you what you're asking for, but I'll give you all this other stuff that you could have asked for but did not ask for. But somehow or another, with Solomon, it became about who he was and what he had. It became about pride. It became about pomp and circumstance and impression. Amen. Come on, I'm preaching about love tonight. And the Bible says don't love the world. Don't love worldly things. Don't love worldly music. Don't love worldly literature. Don't love worldly relationships. Don't love worldly entertainment. If man, come on, what you love will determine, if man, your location. And before this scripture is concluded, Solomon was building high places. He meant for false gods. He was turning his heart after these gods. He was walking out of the temple, walking into a pagan temple, and worshiping false gods. Why? Because he loved many strange women. It affected his worship. Second Timothy 4, Paul writes about a disciple named Demas. And he said, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. And is departed unto Thessalonica. This is not Paul saying Demas has backslid. This is not Paul saying Demas has gone back to the world. Most theologians agree. 
this is, does not mean that he was an avarice or a licentious or lustful man or that he loved the honors or wealth of this world, but it means he just wanted to live. And it was pretty common knowledge, if you hang around Paul, you might have to die. I mean, I've got two eyes in my head. Paul's on his way to a chopping block. Demas have forsaken me. It meant he, did, he wasn't ready to die. He would rather live than really live for God. Come on, somebody. If it means laying down my life, that's up to God. I said, that's up to God. I'm His. I said, I belong to Him. Do I want to live? Yes. Do I want to have good health? Absolutely. Amen. But if it be the will of God, if it be possible, Jesus, the man Christ Jesus said, if there's any way out of this, I want out. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. The problem was that Demas was evil. The problem was not Demas was vile. The problem was Demas had no nevertheless in his vocabulary. I want to know. I know Demas didn't have it, but is there a nevertheless in your heart? I know this doesn't sound like Sunday night preaching. Oh, hallelujah. I said love affects location. Amen. Demas, stick with the man of God, regardless of what it means. Stay faithful to your pastor, regardless of what it means. Love the Lord here right now. In Jesus' name. 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 Come on, somebody's to pray a spirit of revelation uh, on your soul tonight. Somebody needs to pray a spirit of submission on your heart and your mind right now. I know it's going down sideways. I'm not having fun preaching it. The only thing that's keeping me going tonight is I know I'm saying what the Holy Ghost wants me to say. I'm being obedient to, to my calling right now. No, I'm not having fun. Yes, I do feel the Holy Ghost. Yes, I feel the peace of God. Yes, I feel a divine mandate. I know this is not fun to listen to, but somebody have an ear to hear what the Spirit says to the church. Somebody make up your mind tonight. 
That preacher stopped casting stones at me. He stopped making fun at me. He stopped throwing me under the bus. Amen. God is reaching for me tonight, and it's past time for me to reach back. What you love will affect your location, but not just your earthly location. Your love will decide your eternal location. You're going to spend eternity with who you love. Be seated tonight. Genesis 19, when the morning rose, the angel hastened Lot and said, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters which are here, lest I'll be consumed in the iniquity of the city. What was he even doing there? Because direction determines destination. He was living in Sodom because he pitched his tent towards Sodom. I'm going to ask you a very sobering and serious question tonight. Where are you headed? What is your direction? Sobering thought, but I'm, I'm, I'm being blatantly honest with you tonight. I would rather be out of the church, headed in been in the church headed out. Brother Walter, you mean you would not you would rather not even be in church? Yes, if it meant I was on my way to the house of God. I'll take my chances with somebody in the world on their way to God. Then somebody in the church even really get what you need in church because your mind's out there somewhere. Amen. I'm getting less and less popular. Uh-huh. Amen, Lot. Amen. Get a hold of your wife. Get a hold of what your family you've got left. And you've already lost some family to Sodom and Gomorrah. They're too far gone. You, 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 can, you, you, you tried to reach them, but the, man, they just laugh at you. What, what, do you, what do you mean, Dad? Man, you're the one that brought us here. Come on, Mama and Daddy. Don't you dare allow something to come into your home. 
that'll pervert the spirit of your children. Come on, somebody needs to examine your door tonight. Somebody needs to walk out of the front door tonight and take a look at your direction and say, Dear God in heaven, I don't want to live there. Why am I headed that direction? In Jesus' name, I feel the Holy Ghost on me right now. He that hath an ear, let him hear. Please, somebody, in the name of the Lord, amen, examine your heart. Examine your home. Examine your motives. Examine your attitude. Oh, my Lord. I'm running out of time. Please be seated. God, help me to say it right. I'm not against anybody here, but I'm, I'm, I'm generally concerned with some good people here tonight. I've been here over a week now. We've had some powerful moves of God. We've had some special moments uh, in the presence of the Lord. Amen. And I've looked at some of your faces, uh, and you're disconnected. You're disengaged. Amen. People all around you are weeping and crying and talking in tongues and worshiping, and you're just kind of standing around. Amen. Looking, trying to fit in. But you can't fake a move of God. You, you can't fake a relationship with God. You can't fake a Holy Ghost fire. Amen. And you're a good man. And you're a good woman. You've got a lot of redeeming qualities. But your problem is there's just too much junk in your life. You've got too many distractions. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yo, you're not too far gone. I know you're not the most outgoing person. I know maybe you're a little bit, amen, withdrawn into yourself. Amen, that's okay. So am I in a lot of parts of my life. Amen, but I'm doing my best. Amen, I want every part of me to be in love with Jesus Christ. Come on. Falling in love with Jesus doesn't have to be just a pretty song. Not just going to church, uh, but falling in love with Jesus. Uh, not, not just sending my kids to church and school, uh, but falling in love uh, with Jesus. You hear me tonight? You hear this preacher? If you don't change your ways, uh, there's a day of coming uh, that you're going to speak as a fool to your son and daughter. Because you're going to wake up. But they're going to be involved. And they're going to say, Dad, you're the one that let it come into the home. Dad, you're the one that said, I know what Pastor Charles teaches, but.
Dad, you're the one that said, I know it's wrong for everybody else, but it's okay for us. And now, Dad, you're saying it's wrong? Come on, this Bible said they laughed at him. They laughed in his face. They said, man, you're crazy. We're having a barbecue. This is the place to be. This is the way to live. But an angelic visitation said, you better take what you've got and get out. You better get out while you can get out. He said, amen, and while he lingered, the angels laid hold on his hand and on the hand of his wife and on the hand of his two girls, the Lord being merciful unto him. And they brought him forth and led him out of the city. Amen. It came to pass when they had brought them forth that the angel said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee. No looking back. No looking back. most sobering words you'll read in the New Testament is a three-word verse. Remember Lot's wife. Because the messenger from God said, don't look back. But she let Lot and the girls go on ahead. She just kind of didn't run as fast as she could have. And she came to Tulip. Tulip is a statue to remember this is what happens to people. somebody tonight, don't let what happened to her happen to you. Hallelujah, lift up your hands right now. This is not judgment, this is mercy. I said this is not judgment, this is mercy. This is a vital ingredient to the revival that God has promised the apostolic church in Garden City. Come on. Your eyes are too many places, young man. Sis, it man, your devotion is too divided. You're too distracted. There's too many things that mean too much to you. Please hear me. Please hear me. I'm begging you in Jesus' name. You're not a bad person. You haven't gone too far. You're not a hopeless case. You're not a lost cause. But if you don't wake up, it's not too late now, but it will be shortly. 
Come on, while you got a chance, amen, turn your eyes on Jesus. Come on, while you have an opportunity, be pleasing to the Lord. Fall in love with Jesus. It's the best thing you'll ever do. Come on, there's still time for you to be a hero to somebody. There's still time for you to be the example that God put you in the church to be. You can still be an Abel and offer a more excellent sacrifice. You can still be an Enoch and have a testimony of pleasing God. You can still be a Noah and move with fear and prepare an ark to the saving of your house. You can still be an Abraham who obeys and goes out looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Hebrews 11 and 13, these all died in faith. For they that say these things declare plainly that they seek a city. And if they had been mindful from where they had come from, they might have an opportunity to have returned. No looking back. I'm telling somebody the fear of God. Uh, if you don't get your eyes off the world, uh, you're going to end up back there. You still can be a Moses uh, and refuse to be the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Uh, you can choose uh, to suffer affliction uh, with God's people uh, than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Uh, you can still by faith uh, forsake Egypt. Come on, I understand sometimes God's love is tough love. Uh, but thank God for it. Uh, thank God he loves me enough uh, to not leave me alone. Uh, he loves me enough to get in my business. Uh, he loves me enough to get in my face uh, and say, I love you enough uh, to tell you the truth. Uh, you're playing around. Uh, man, you're flirting with the world. Uh, you're way too distracted. Uh, you don't love me enough. I'm telling you, I feel hope in this house. I said, I feel hope in this house. I'm telling you, I feel faith arising in my soul. Somebody is going to turn around. I feel a Whitney Kotola Bahashakata. Hilobosha. Ekote Ebahasha. I feel a witness of the Holy Ghost. Somebody's going to pull up some tent stakes tonight and turn your business around and say, I've been headed uh, in the wrong direction. My God, come on, let faith arise right now. Ikole bahashakata, 
Come on, I've decided uh, to follow Jesus. Uh, I won't turn back. Take this whole world uh, and give me Jesus. Though none come with me, uh, still I will follow. No turning back. No looking back. No turning back. No looking back. No turning back. No looking back. These all died in faith. They never saw all they wanted to see. But they died looking for more because they were looking in the right direction. I'm asking everybody tonight uh, to make some kind of move toward the front. Uh, if all you can do because of the crowd uh, is move up one pew, uh, amen, God knows all about that. But please, uh, I'm asking everybody, uh, make some kind of recognition uh, I've heard from God tonight. And I am going uh, to acknowledge uh, the voice of God I'm making room uh, for a move of God uh, in my life. Uh, if you've never received the Holy Ghost, uh, it can happen. Uh, if it's been a while since you prayed through, uh, amen, it's time uh, for a revival tonight. Come on, you don't have to go through the motions. You don't just have to try to fit in. In the name of Jesus. Come on, pray till you pray through, and then keep on praying. Pray till your soul ignites, and keep on praying. Pray, amen, till you begin to feel the glory of God. But don't stop. Don't stop. Thank you.